This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Dungeon Crawler Network presents Tales of Tamriel. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Agelos, and this is Tales of Tamriel, a Dungeon Crawler Network production. We're here talking about the Elder Scrolls Online. With me this afternoon, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Avi Optimal. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing really good, man. Uh, how about you? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Awesome. It's, it's awesome. Um, we also have... Two British guys today again. It's great. That would be first off, normal DCN crew, uh, Esteldian. How are you, sir? I'm uh, doing very well, thanks. Excellent, excellent. I, I know you were off last week because uh, uh, had to ship the wife away. So you know that's right. <laughs> Sending her away. Sending her away. Had enough. Sending away for done. Christmas. <laughs> that's it. Nice, nice. Uh, and our special returning guest, I hope he returns more often, that would be Nate, a.k.a. Misa. Hello. Yes, I'm, I'm, I've returned. Yes, yes, yes. We, uh, we, we missed having you on the show, man. I'm glad you were able to find the time to come on and chat some Elder Scrolls with us. Absolutely. Well, if I've got time to spend about 20 hours playing it in one single weekend, I should at least be able to come on and talk about it. Oh yeah, I mean that's that, that seems that seems you know legit. I like it. Can't can't keep it all to yourself, you know. <laughs> all that time to play and no one to talk about it with. Come on now, come from tales. That's how it works. Yes, I am here again. Excellent, excellent. Um, as a quick reminder for those who don't know, this is actually going to be the final tales of Tamriel episode. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we are going on a mini hiatus, though. I actually started saying that. I'm like, man, that sounds really depressing. And oh, my goodness. No, uh, hiatus, because good news is um, for those who haven't listened to other episodes, uh, I am moving and I'm getting a new house here on the 17th of December. We are recording and it's the 13th. So, you know, three days from now, um, I'll be moving to my new place, which means I will finally have good Internet and we will start doing live shows again. Uh, so that's I'm sure people are interested in that. We have had quite a few people come up to me in game out of game going, when are you doing live shows again? And it'd be like, as soon as I get good Internet, it's it's just a little while away. Uh, so fear not. Um, but do be prepared because I'm looking at probably a minimum of two weeks of not having any shows with maybe up to a month um, because of. Well, I have to you know get Internet at the house and there's a bunch of other stuff that I need to just 
maintenance things in the house they need to do with a new place so there'll be a lot of work a lot of weekends where i'm just working so uh figured i'd take the time now so i can get it done and we'll go from there so over the holidays we're looking at probably a month or so two weeks to a month uh of no tales of tamriel so we're gonna miss you guys but uh, when we get back we'll be better than ever with live shows so yay i'm so excited oh yeah I think I'm most excited about being able to download the patch on patch day and play the same day when a new DLC comes out. Like, cause oh, I've nice. not been able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, whenever a new DLC comes out, everyone's like, you know, people are doing like little mini videos of what they're doing. Like first shots into the new DLC and I'm sitting there going, I'll see you in three or four days. <laughs> not anymore. I'm, I'm very excited. All right, guys, let's roll right into game news. We're going to start off first with maybe the elephant in the room, um, but it was actually kind of a neat thing. The ESO free weekend, which is ending today, unfortunately, but it was kind of neat that they had the free weekend and a lot of people got codes um, to send out. I think they had like 50,000 codes from all different websites and whatnot. We're given tons of codes for a free weekend. Um, did you guys get any friends into the game? Nope. No, no, I did not. All right. So for people who love this game so much, why didn't you get your friends into the game? They're already I don't have that. friends. I don't, I, have, I don't have friends. Oh, well, I that's, play games. That's depressing. Um, I, uh, most of my friends either already have it or on this show <laughs> um, or whatnot. But I, I took my code to Reddit and I gave it away on Reddit to somebody who wanted it. So. Oh, nice. oh, I didn't. Well, in that case, I didn't get a code. Oh, you should have gotten an email. I was going to say, I didn't have a code. They should have emailed yeah. you one. No. I think I got the email, but I never opened it. Just... Oh, yeah. They emailed codes to people to, uh, to give I away to friends. Know. I would have. Oh, I didn't know where well, I would have posted it on Twitter or something. Did you have to be a subscriber to get it? Or... I one... don't think so. I think it was any active account got one. Well, I've got an active account and I pay and I didn't get one. Why didn't they make it a pop-up in the game then? Because the best people to give out a code are the people who are actually, you know, still playing. Mm-hmm. A pop-up in game, like, yeah. that like, cause all sorts of issues. Be like the crown store problems. People will cry, well, why are you ruining my immersion? <laughs> true, true. I... Well, I mean, I recently got another friend into the, into the game. So she she plays now on the EU server. So that's like four or five people I know in real life who are in the game. Well, that's always nice. I miss having my real life friends play games with me. Like uh, I've had yeah. quite a few who used to play with me in uh, World of Warcraft back back in the day. Like we had a ten man raid team, and eight of us were within twenty minutes of each other. So um, yeah, those are the good days. Me and my friends used to do a bunch of landing with Counter Strike back in the day, and I'll bring our computers over as we're mm-hmm. for good times. Yeah. Wacky friends having to grow up and give up their MMOs. They shouldn't. I'm still doing it. I got a kid. I don't care. Um, Actually, a lot of my friends didn't give up MMOs. They're still playing one or another, but our time shifted because of jobs and whatnot. Yeah, so it's hard to get together and do stuff. Good old life, you know? Good old life, I know. So, all right. Well, uh, if you didn't, I, I hope they do this some more because I think it was a neat idea, especially with it being a buy-to-play type game. 
Um, it's neat that they do these free weekends because trials get people into the game. To, you know, people are like, I don't know if I really like it. I don't really know. Um, but yeah. and plus the game's so much better than it was during launch. So it's good that they do these because their game is always improving. So oh, yeah. I think right, right now it's so good. It's the perfect time to draw people into it. Well, that's, you know, as, as Avi said, that's kind of how MMOs go over the years. Uh, well, arguably over the years, uh, MMOs generally get better. They get more and more features. There's more and more stuff. You know, with with few exceptions, most MMOs actually get better as years go on. So it, it's nice to do, uh, you know, those free to play weekends every every so often, Um Specifically after you do major patches and updates and things like that. So get more people into your game. Um, yeah. Uh, next up on news, a new patch dropped this week for us on the PC side as well as on the um, Xbox and PS4. You guys will probably get it next week. Uh, but it was an incremental patch that included fixes for Imperial City and Orsinium DLC packs, in addition to some issues with gameplay, dungeons, quest, UI, etc., etc. Uh, a lot of fixes can about Master Marina. Lots of fixes. And they apparently fixed uh, one of the problems where you get stuck in sprinting. I was getting that issue very bad all of the time, so it's it's good to hear something about that. I mean, that bug was pretty bad. You'd have to go in Crown Store and get on a horse <laughs> or do some, something like that to, you know, get your abilities back to be able to be used. Or in, like everywhere. Conspiracy you... getting into the Crown Store. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, wow, like every here. time you move, you lose stamina now until you go to the Crown Store. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. So it's good they fixed that. Is that intended? Like, <laughs> who knows? Um, Illuminati. Yeah, my favorite bug that I think is hilarious is you guys get the one where you if you're sprinting and then you hit your mount up button, your character runs on the back of your horse. Yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah. I love it. I hope they don't fix that because that's just (laughs) hilarious to watch. Yeah, it's a good it's a good Elder Scrolls bug. Yeah, right. There are a few bugs they definitely, definitely need to address, which we'll probably come to when we talk about our gameplay this week or something. But if you're in PvP and you're rebuilding one of the walls of the keep, it's possible for you to actually get built into the wall. Ooh. Oh, if you're wow. fixing the wall in the wrong place, the wall will rebuild and you will be stuck in it. And you have to do slash stuck to get out. I've had that happen to me, not not with rebuilding a wall, but that stuck in the wall issue in Imperial City, where I would be working, uh, like fighting on towers or something like that, and someone knocks me off of the tower and I fall into the walls and then I just can't move. I can't. It, and one of the worst times it was that one time we were doing the Imperial City night. And um, because we were doing Imperial City, we were fighting all those people with Ark. And uh, I think uh, Krabby was there. We were fighting all these people. So I was constantly in combat. So I couldn't even port. So I was stuck <laughs> in the wall for like an hour and couldn't do anything. So that sucked. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Hey, I'm just I'm I'm still I still gotta give them credit for the load screens because they're still good. So yay. No, they're not in PvP. They're not. Oh, the they're still bad in PvP. Yeah, they're a lot better, but I would say two out of ten just hang, and you still just hang. 
So the only way to get out of it is to force close the game and reload. Um, there are a couple of tricks that I've noticed that you can tell if the little loading wheel is, is spinning really, really smoothly um, for you know a few seconds, then it's not going to load. But if it, if it kind of judders a little bit as it's loading, then the game is still loading something and it will be okay. And then it's fine. It's not as bad as it was before by any means. Hmm. Well, they've been having issues with that Cyrodiil for the longest of times. It's just, yeah. I don't know. It, I don't know if it's just outside the scope of what they're able to do. I don't know. It, no, it's, there's a bunch of stuff. I think what they did is they found a way to fix, to fix the really bad ones that most people have. Mm-hmm. But there's obviously some other bug that's, that's causing long loading screens because sometimes people are still stuck in them for two or three minutes. Well, even bad. Oh yeah, I was gonna say patch two point two point seven where it was the one where they fixed it. They they only said they fixed one of the most common. They didn't say they actually fixed everything. It was just one of the most common bugs that they yeah. they managed to fix. So, so compared to the old days, three minutes is still a fast load time. I don't know what you're complaining about. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> Captain Speedy. This is true. I mean, no more loading screen bow movements. Sucks. Oh yeah, oh, oh, god, man. yeah. I heard you mentioned that on uh, <laughs> off the record. Yeah. That is, uh, that's that's my new thing, Elder Scrolls online bowel movements. Yeah. yeah you so. see, that's something Every that time. they can't charge for at the crown store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should. It's just one of those mm. times where you like you really have to go and it's just like, oh I really gotta go. My team's waiting on me. Oh they won't oh what if I say that it's a loading screen bug. Oh, they won't believe me. Oh, it's only a thousand crowns for a loading screen bug. Just buy it. Oh, sorry, guys. Loading screen bug. I'll be there shortly. Run off to the yeah. bathroom. <laughs> uh, I was actually specifically referring to your bowel movements. But, oh. Uh, yeah. It was basically just a setup so that I could say it would bring new meaning to the term when you when you wiped in battle. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. I love on. it. I love it's it. I move love on. it. Okay. We are going to move on before this goes any further. <laughs> Because who knows what's going to happen now. All right. So that was a nice small patch. Uh, let's see here. Oh, my goodness. This is this is going to be a long one. So I got to kill this hag raven here. But there was a post on the forums where Eric Robel came on and uh, was talking about AOE caps, mostly in PvP and whatnot. So I'm going to go ahead and read this. I just have to mm. keep myself to somewhat of a safe spot because i'm in game at the moment i hit level 42 by the way on my alt well done Congrats. Uh, it's, i'm trying to get these alts to uh to vr rank it's not working but you know it is what it is to go. all right uh eric robel writes thanks for spending so much time and effort writing up detailed posts on this topic pvb pvp players are very passionate and seeing passionate fans enjoy the game is the reason we all get up in the morning well that's nice we want pvp fights to be tactical involving player positioning as a key element of engagements we don't want two huge masses of players mindlessly bumping into each other while spamming one ability Mm, steel tornado uh part of the issue currently is that damaging point-blank area of effect abilities are very powerful, a.k.a. Steel Tornado, uh, as well as Impulse. And there is not a lot of effective options to combat these strategies from range. There are two avenues of attacking we are... uh, Two avenues of attack that we are uh, pursuing. Um, 
and that is buffing siege weapons and investigating making ranged abilities more effective at damaging large groups of players. Hmm. Um, Wheeler is making significant adjustments to the siege weapons, which we touched on last week. Uh, you can view and comment on those changes at the link that uh, you posted below. As siege already hits an unlimited number of targets and has an effective cooldown, it's the perfect tool to get players to spread out. On the ability side, we've got a number of changes planned. Point blank area effect abilities such as Steel Tornado and Purge are much too powerful and cause players to want to stack together to make sure that they can all hit the same targets and be purged by the same ally. It will be reducing the radius of Steel Tornado. Ouch. So it's not uh, so are not so much more effective at dealing AOE damage relative to the other abilities in the game. Also, we are reducing the initial damage of Magicka Detonation, so it's less effective versus a single target. To compensate, both the bonus damage per target and the max size of this bonus are increasing. In addition, there. Uh, in addition to this, we're looking into making other range class abilities deal effective AOE damage. These modifications are substantial, and we don't want to stack too many changes at once. We need to be able to measure the impact and, uh, and performance changes, which is pretty much a major thing in Cyrodiil. Um, we're going to continue working on performance in Cyrodiil. Fixing the lag is something everyone wants to fix. Here are some issue, additional issues we're considering based on feedback in this thread. Cone abilities are much harder to hit with than standard circle, but aren't more effective. Multiple gap closers used on the same target means they can't move. Uh, camouflaged hunter stealth attacks can double proc killing targets very quickly. Force pulse counts as three reflects against reflective scales. Retreating maneuver buff stacks on healers while they're casting. And XP to uh, advance assault and support lines is still very, very high. So, uh, pretty much what he was going on about is point blank area of effect abilities are not very hard to, you know, do. They stay in the circle, it emanates out from around you. Happy day. Uh, you got your impulses, your steel tornadoes, etc., etc., etc. They are looking at completely. Re- um, nerfing these to make them a little less attractive as well as providing people with a few more options um nate you're a pretty heavy pvp or what what are your thoughts yeah. um in general i'm i'm for it because there's this feeling there's this definite issue where what you get at the moment is you get a lot of a lot of groups who they do one of two things they group up in at least usually 12, 12 person groups and they go around and all of them have the proxy debts on and or they do exactly the same and they just run around in a train in a very tight position and just spam the hell out of it. And it generally means the only way you can combat them is by working with a much bigger group and timing your attacks. But then it just feels like you're just spamming the hell out of ultimates just to take down this one group that is kind of spoiling the nature of the game for everyone else because they don't really go around and do much capturing of keeps or or strategically planning how they're going to take keeps with other groups in in the zone which is really kind of what it was meant to be on the other hand while that is still a way that some people are playing it feels like you have to do something to even the balance so i'm i'm a stamina dk 
which is not the most powerful class in PvP. But it does mean that when you have created a build like I have that has 85% crit on dual wield and you've got a ridiculously high weapon damage and you pair that with steel tornado and various other things, it at least evens the odds when you are against those giant groups. But most of the rest of the time, I'm using other attacks and I prefer sort of one-on-one you know, one-on-one skirmishes with individual enemies as part of a group. So I'm generally in favor of it being reduced if they're all getting reduced in an even way, because I personally love to not have to keep Steel Tornado and, you know, my uh, Flames of Oblivion on a second bar just in case I run into one of these groups and we have to quickly annihilate them. Right. It's quite satisfying when it happens, and it's good for point scoring, but that's not really what the pvp is about in in this area um so on the other hand i think there could be a good they, they, i think they've talked about having different campaigns like one non uh, one vet campaign that doesn't include champion point system buffs yeah um next update and think, yeah and i think it would be interesting if there was a campaign for just like 24 on 24 steel tornado proxy debt you know trains because it is quite satisfying it's just not the reason that majority of people get into playing so that's a very long-winded way of saying if they're kind of nerfing them all to a similar extent then i think that's probably good for the game on the other hand i don't feel particularly guilty spamming the hell out of steel tornado when i have to because it's sort of the only way that you can survive as as a group sometimes when you're faced with these giant proxy debt trains um which happens daily right well, offering um, more splash damage from single target attacks um, definitely will help people counter it from range. But like you said, the only way to really counter it is to do the same thing. Um, and yeah. I, I like the idea that for AoE that they nerf the point blank area effect, the 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 impulse, the steel tornado, because it's not hard. You just stand in the middle and like even with the cones like uh, like carve from the two-handed tree, etc. It is harder to hit because, well, I mean, it's a cone, right? Like People can get out of it pretty quick, but it doesn't hit any harder. So I see what people are saying. It's like you took the extra skill, like the the point-blank air of effect are so easy to to use. Why should they be rewarded? That's kind of like the, if you can't aim, use this. But if if you're good enough to get the, you know, to get the cone going, that should do more damage, but it, it just doesn't. Yeah, yeah I mean, you have nice. to think a bit more. If you're, if you're using something like Steel Tornado, you don't have to think as much. The only thing you have to really pay attention to is the hit on your stamina, because it does knock your stamina quite heavily. If you don't have a lot of stamina, then, you know, you're only going to send that going a few times. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, I think, you know, Steel Tornado takes about, it's about 200 and about 2000 stamina, something like that. Um, so it's, it's not as high as some, I guess, actually now I think about it, but on the other hand, yeah, I agree. Carve, carve is a much more satisfying way of killing people and it charges your ultimate, which in effect should be a better thing anyway. Right. Thing is, even with me, um, I, I, I could spam steel tornado pretty much all day. Cause on my stamina, uh, Templar, I have almost 38, no, almost 40,000, uh, stamina. Almost. I'm like at like 38 something or another. 
Um, so I, I'm not, and I would actually probably have higher stamina if I was like a red guard or something, but I'm a Nord that has terrible racials. So, you know, I can't do a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. Still tornado has always been a stamina eater for me. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, there's, there's definitely, there are, there's more damage you can do for lower cost, um, of stamina. For, I mean, you know, the, um, critical charge or critical rush is one of my favorite skills if you have a build that favors crit because the damage you can do with that in pvp is enormous and it's also i have to say extremely good in uh, maelstrom arena as i found out this week when i finished it for the first time um critical charge critical rush i forgot what it's called now it's ridiculous i use it every day um it's a great way of getting through that arena because you can just charge between those opposite placed enemies and then uh, and then focus your individual attacks on whichever person's in the middle i was I doing i was doing the same thing but i think i was using the the magic ability of the toppling charge just to just to yeah. get around you know the bounce to the next enemy on the other side of the arena it was a really good working tactic hmm. yeah. i don't know i i i don't know i like uh i like that steel tornado i i need to get into Maelstrom Arena, but I would need to get a few more PvP abilities first, so... Yeah, I'll tell you, a really useful one, uh, Vigor is a really useful one, and Morphit, so you get higher return on your health, um, is very useful, as well as uh, Green Dragon Blood, actually, that's just a regular DK ability. Well, um, what's the other one? Yeah, what's the other one? Um, oh, the um, rapid, uh, rapid Maneuver is also quite useful. Right. And Caltrops could probably work pretty well, Cal too. Caltrops is pretty... Now, that one, I know, is a really... Um, a very heavy stamina user. So, I don't know if I'd use yeah. it in there so much. But I need more... Rally doesn't heal me for enough, and there's no stamina. Rally's, for... not. Rally's not a good one for self-healing there. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, um, Caltrops is useful, but some of the levels, some of the stages have more aerial-based enemies that it's not quite as good in but it's definitely good for some of them yeah yeah all right interesting interesting um hmm. well guys that was that was pretty much our news that was it guys there's not a lot not a lot this week uh, one right. thing i would say if you want a little bit of bonus that i didn't mention yeah. before we started recording yeah there is i believe a new physical tales of tamriel book out or about to there play. is Yes. There, yes, there is. Yes, I haven't got my hands on it yet, but once I do, I think it's the lore, or is it the land? It's one of the. It's the lore because the land was the last one, I think. The lore, yeah. So I haven't bought it because it's my birthday in two days, and it's Christmas in like two weeks, and I've subtly, not really subtly, suggested <laughs> someone might want to buy it for me. So uh, uh, it's a good I idea. Haven't bought it yet, but I, I bought the last two, and they're they're wonderful books. They're really. Oh great. yeah. Oh yeah, we did a review back on what ep- what episode was it, like sixty four or something like that, Avi. Yeah, yeah, it was a while back. It was a little while ago. We did a review on one of them that we had gotten, and oh, it, it's a gorgeous book. I, I it's great, but it's missing one really key feature that I think it needs, um, which is that it needs an index at the back. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you just want to look up a particular person or something that you know is in there and just see when and where they're referenced, like Dwemer. And I remember going to the bank thinking there would be an index, and there wasn't. I thought, this is really, for, for a book like this, it's a real shame they didn't have an index in the back. But oh, I completely agree. I completely agree. 
All right, we're back, guys. Uh, Skype decided it was going to take a bow movement on us, and uh, it just kind of went weird. So we're back, and I guess uh, I really wish I would have made you guys be quiet earlier because you guys had such a good conversation going on about Carve, and now we didn't record any of that. I'm sad. (laughs) Well, I think we can summarize by saying, isn't it a shame Carve isn't as good as it used to be because it used to charge ultimate, and even though it didn't do a huge amount of damage, it was quite a useful skill to have. Now it's very, very moderately useful and doesn't do very much damage. It would be very nice if they would sort that out instead of using Steel Tornado as much as people do. There you go. There we especially, go. Especially as they just added that, you know, the posters specifically say that kernel attacks weren't as powerful as they should be. So is that a hint? That's what we want to know. Is that a hint of good things to come? Right. Mm. It would be nice that if Carve was actually a viable AoE solution, because if you're good enough to hit with it, uh, like you said, Carve is one of those things where you do it once every eight seconds, I think it is, to keep the minor heroism buff up to, to tick the ultimate. And then it's like, whatever. After that, you don't need it anymore. Um, but definitely would be nice to, to use that. Guys, it's Tales time. Let's go ahead and talk about what we've been doing in-game this week. And let's go ahead and start with... Uh, Esteldian, do you have anything for us this week? Well, it's not necessarily an in-game thing, but on the, uh, the Black Friday thing, I did order a nice set of the Sennheiser 350 Special Edition headset for uh, my gaming needs so, oh yeah yeah oh, i've had nice. that arrive recently so I haven't, I haven't hooked it up yet but that was pretty awesome other than that in game i fed my horse well that's good yeah it's good well it's nice that you're not abandoning your horse no i don't just starve yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um my horses are too fat they're all eight characters are officially a full 60 60 60 so i no longer have to feed them because they've they've eaten enough for the rest of their lives horses my fat horses i don't know it's just why why even deal with it it's i don't don't even see the reason don't even need to don't even need to my horses are fat now even on my alts that are like level four have a 60 60 60 horse (laughs) i don't know it's just just what i did did all right uh avi sir tell us about your game time yeah, sure. So I'll, I also don't have too much, but from what I did, I worked on my uh, Nord Templar on the PS4 just a little bit. Uh, collected some ingre- ingredients all around and uh, got him to level 5. I also made my Khajiit for the AD and my Breton for the DC. So I got all my characters made. They look exactly like my characters on the PC, so I think I did it all, I did it all right. Uh, besides that, I... Uh, Got on, got in game yesterday on the PC and started my Khajiit in Orsinium. Uh, I just got him there, really got to the main city of Orsinium. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, getting ready to talk to the main guy and have that whole quest adventure begin. Don't really want to spoil it. So yeah, I'm going to start that again because I miss it. Doing it once is not enough. Nice. I've I've missed seeing you on the game. It's so sad. I'm so sad. I used to be so, so active. I know, but now you're over there on the consoles, and it's just not cool. It makes me sad. And I I already got hundreds of hours on Fallout, so yeah, I need to I need to calm down a little bit. (laughs) Oh dear. Um well, I'm gonna go next and then we'll go Nate, because I know Nate you have tons to talk about, and that that's gonna be fun. Um 
I didn't get to have my my game night with 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 my wife because of the move going on. Our Saturday night game night became. Uh, she went over to a friend of mine's um, friend of mine who's actually buying my old house. Uh, he was having a party. His his wife was so they. She went over there, which just meant she was exhausted by the time she got home because uh, we were moving things in the house because you know we just move everything. Like I think I moved all my mowers and all my outside stuff away. And, uh, that, that was a busy Saturday. So I didn't get to do any of that. Um, but I did. So wait, find... Hold on. Sorry. Your, your friends are buying your house. Yes. Are they aware of your internet issues? They're when not gamers. I don't think they oh, care. Okay. Uh, that's they're... Right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're... No, they're, they're on DSL now and that's all they, they are they are very casual type gamers. Like they have an Xbox 360. They might play a Call of Duty every once in a while, but they they don't care. They, they don't I care. Say that, you're a cruel man, keeping the internet issues quiet as you sell that. <laughs> oh no, I I told him right off the bat, and he's like, "Well, where I live, that's all I can get now anyway." So it works out because then I can I can get my new house and all of the better internets um, that I'm excited about. I've been playing my all. Oh, actually, before that, um, I am now wearing a full set of mercenary gear, with the exception of my great sword, because that's glass and that's sexy. Um, nice. But yeah, and it's all VR sixteen legendary, so all my stuff is oh. up, and my DPS has went up exponentially um, because I bought, spent over half a million gold on the VR sixteen agility jewelry. Um, all of that. So my DPS now is sitting somewhere near the 17k, and I still have the bad internet, so I can't wait till I can actually weave effectively, because that will be pretty awesome. Um, I've been working on my alts, trying to get um, my my all my alts up. Right now, I'm working on my Khajiit Dragon Knight. She just hit level 40. So trying to get her to a veteran rank before uh, they remove the veteran rank. So I'm trying to get everything to VR and then anything I play will earn me champion points, which is what I wanted anyway, because I really only like playing my main character. And uh, anytime I play any other character, I feel like I'm wasting time. But at least at least if I get to VR and I'm playing something else, I'll be benefiting my main character, so I won't feel as bad. Um, yeah. Really, uh, that's kind of been my gameplay for this week because of how busy I've been uh, for the move. So, Nate. Yeah, I'm going to make up for all of this by telling you how much awesome stuff I've done this week. There we go. Yeah, no, actually, I don't even, I'm not even going to just say this week because I haven't been on the show for about six weeks or something. So I'm just going to tell you what I've done for the last month, which is to say a lot. Um, <laughs> I mean, firstly, I, I've never really massively taken advantage of the fact that I'm practically a master crafter and that I can craft almost anything. There's still a few outstanding bits and I don't have quite all the Nernhones stuff um, fully researched yet. But I would say... It's about 90% there to the to the extent that I really got into doing some theory crafting and then some actual crafting into making my own build and completely resetting all my skills and everything. So one of the things that I did is 
I built myself an amazing new setup of all all legendary, um, a mix of of VET 15 and VET 16 pieces, depending on the importance of them, just because the cost of making uh, a VET 16 piece versus 15 is like tenfold more, but the benefits are by no means tenfold at all. Yeah. So... I went for a balance and some of them are 15, some are 16, but essentially I made myself firstly a five, all five pieces of legendary Hunting's Rage mm-hmm. because I'm a DK um, and I wanted to make a, sorry, TPS, and I wanted to make something that A, worked really well in PvP, B, worked really well in PvE, so I needed a bit of extra survivability for both, um, C, maximized critical damage because in order to get through some of the PvP stuff that I do, you need to be quick. So I definitely needed um, critical rating to be to be high. Um, I also needed to make best use of um, sort of the the damage skills and self heal. So five pieces of Hunting's Rage, uh, all legendary. Three pieces of uh, the Nightmare set or Nightmother's Gaze set because that also adds weapon crit and damage. Um, you're dual wield, are... right? Like your main is dual wield. Dual wield. The main is well. My main is actually um, two handed. Oh, okay. And, and I use a great sort of hunting's rage as well on there. That's got a flame. Currently got a flame damage enchantment, but that's the only thing I haven't changed. I need to change that. And on the hunting's rage for my twin daggers, I have. Uh, they're precise, so again, values are higher, and I have the Crusher enchantments on those as well, so which reduces armor. Um, and then I've got the Necklace of Agility, and then I have Ring of Endurance, which does add stamina, but also adds health recovery and maximum health. So it was that was a, pe- a couple of pieces that were cheaper to buy, but actually benefit my health. Um, and basically the result of all this and the enchantments that I've got has given me a critical rating of 85, and that's before I had any buffs. So before any crit potions, is 85% crit um, <sighs> with about 3,000 3, weapon damage and about 30,000, just over 30,000 um, stamina, uh, but also 30,000 health when I'm in PvP. So decent survivability and really high critical rating and decent damage, whether I'm doing critical attacks of which the vast majority are critical attacks. Um, And in one, and it's good in PVE because in one PVE instance, it hit 98,000 DPS um, in in one single mob, which was extremely satisfying to see come up on the screen. And in PVP, it obviously hovers hell of a lot, but um, safe to say I've been able to annihilate the aforementioned trains um, and also survive a reasonable amount as long as there's a decent healer. So that build's taken quite a long time to perfect, and I'm planning on making a few fine-tuned announcements and then giving it a name and writing a blog about it in case anyone wants to uh, borrow some of my, my thinking. But I have to say, if, as a really high-edge, um, good set for PvP and PvE, and I did Maelstrom Arena in it first time and um, aced it in, in one sitting, um, it's pretty damn effective as a build, I have to say. And it's not even the most powerful class, because I'm playing as an Imperial Dragon Knight, which um, is a good all-rounder, but it's not particularly amazing for 
individual damage or health or magicka is kind of just a good all-round uh, base. So yeah, so that's one of the things that I've done um, is is build do this new build, which I'm pretty proud of. What what kind of skills are you using? Because I'm really curious. Yeah, well, I so that's yeah. Well, that's the other thing actually is that I wanted again. I wanted a set that wasn't completely different between PVE and PVP right. because I jump between the two so frequently. But I spend a lot of time in each that I didn't want to have to go basically rebuilding the whole thing. So at the moment in PVP on my uh, dual wield bar, I'm using flying blade, which is um, the morph of brawl uh, morph essentially. I think. Yeah, uh, but that's great because that does about six and a half thousand damage, and it only costs fifteen hundred stamina. So I can I can blast those out and kill people at about five goes, depending on how their armor is. Um, then I also have resolving vigor, which is my self heal, but it also charges ultimate, and I can charge my my um, what's it called my tech flight, which in itself does fifteen thousand damage to all areas in an area. Um, and it will charge that in, you know, a few seconds if I'm healing other allies in an area. So it's really good for self-heal and for charging your ultimate. Then I have rapid maneuver, but I often alternate that to stone fist, depending on whether I'm racing across the fields or um, whether I'm doing sort of more one-on-one -on -one skirmishes. Um, then I have steel tornado for the many reasons mentioned above. <laughs> and flames of oblivion, which increases my my weapon crit and occasionally throws out a firebolt every five seconds and it itself does 5,000 damage and uh, for four and a half thousand flame damage. So that's pretty, pretty satisfying. And then on my, um, on my second bar, if I can just switch to it while I ride across this horse, I've got, um, I use critical rush, which does a huge amount of damage, but is you get about 70% bonus damage based on the distance you travel, which is why it's so good in Maelstrom Arena, because most of the enemies are equally spaced apart. So you can kind of fly between them, getting that 70% bonus damage, um, and it only costs 2,000 stamina. So it's actually really good for doing massive critical attacks between far apart targets. Um, then I have Executioner, and uh, sometimes I have Wrecking Blow, again, depending on whether I'm in a more single type environment because that does 10,400 damage and stuns them and grants you um, empower. So the next attack is 20% bonus. So that's a really useful one if you're doing Wrecking Blow followed up by Critical Rush because you can kill someone basically just using those two. And then Executioner is there, but again, I sometimes switch that out for either Rapid Maneuver or Stone Fist, depending on what's on my other um, thing, my other bar. And then I have Rally for the Major Brutality because that increases weapon damage and it's got a bit of self-heal. Flames of Oblivion, I keep on there for the critical rating. Both have take both have take flight because the speed that it charges up on this build means you can you can use that very regularly and it's more use um, combined with Steel Tornado than using, um, what do you call it, the standard, which people can just move out of. The downsides to this is that you don't have any uh, any real crowd control apart from Stone Fist, which is really crowd control anyway. Um, so every now and again, I do switch one of those abilities out, usually Wrecking Blow uh, or um, Rapid Maneuver for the Choking Talons, which is, again, quite handy in PvE as well for some bigger mobs. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go over all the uh, 500 champion points because we'll be here all 
all day, but safe to say it's basically weapon damage, weapon damage and stamina. Yeah. Magic is basically ignored. Um, the one final point that's probably worth mentioning is because I wanted this to be really good PvE and PvP build, I actually have my um, attribute points split evenly between stamina and health. Um, you could obviously increase weapon power by putting it all in stamina, but the bonus you get to health, I've worked out that I can actually do more damage by sparring a bit longer in order to use the critical attacks than if I had it all in stamina, which I did try at one point. And, um, and because you, you just die a lot faster, mm -hmm. particularly in PvP. So, um, yeah, so I mean, it's, I've been working on this now probably for about six weeks. It's not perfect and it's easy to pick holes in, but for my particular play style, um, if, you, if you are like me and just have one character that basically is you in the game, yeah. then this is a really good way of, um, of getting a really good balance and not having to change a great deal between, uh, between your plays. I, I should do something similar because I'm like just exactly what you said. You have one character that is you in the game. That's that's my jealous, my Templar. And I need to get into some PvP, but I'm such a uh, my build is very much for PvE. So I'm sitting there with 20k health, maybe. And that I would get crushed pretty quickly in PvP, I think. You'd be surprised, actually. Like, there's a lot of people in PvP who who have a low amount of health. I mean, just 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 looking at where at, at my group, there are people in my group playing PvP right now. Most of these are vet 16, and this is the where half of us are in the top 10 in line for emperorship. So we play a lot. Mm -hmm. But I mean, my health is 30,000, and that's despite all the stuff I told you just now. Others hover between about 21 and 24. Um, and bearing in mind, you do get a buff for your stats when you go into PvP versus your PvE numbers. So it's 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 surprising. As long as you've got good healers, you can actually survive a lot. But if you want the balance, that's why I wanted the, the health and stamina to be roughly even, but go mental on the uh, on the critical attacks because in uh, in these group environments, that the the difference that makes is just is just huge. Hmm. So you should be fine. You should get in there. Honestly, it's it's. I've only been doing playing PvP for about three or four months now, but I've been playing mostly only PvP for that time, and <laughs> and right now I am eighth. I've got the eighth highest score in Ebonheart Pact on the EU server. Oh, so that's that's, that's, that's one million. Uh, so yeah, one million one hundred forty-four thousand AP, and that's in seven days. That's just since we started the campaign. So. Um, it's it's quite satisfying. But I'm not necessarily... I mean, I am kind of going for Emperor at this point, but it's only because this is the only month that I'll ever have this amount of time to really get into PvP and go mad with it. If I don't do it this month, and I've told my girlfriend this, and she's very, very understanding, and she listens to the show, so I know she'll hear it. But I'm, <laughs> extremely, I'm extremely grateful because I've played this... I've played PvP several hours of every day for this month and many many evenings i play this when we're doing other things and it makes me seem very antisocial but i felt that if i'm ever going to actually get emperor and you know and have a go at, at that it's this month right. so by the time we get to the new year i'm probably going to play pvp significantly less um significantly less but this month i am condensing like 18 months worth of 
dedication to PVP and my my build and everything just to get everything absolutely perfect and then probably go back and start doing a lot of PvE stuff and enjoying Rothgar and even Craglaw, which I haven't done yet. So Right. That's you know, I said I was gonna tell you about what I've done over the last six weeks. Like that is just the first thing on my list that I could go through. But I'm gonna <laughs> probably leave it there until you ask me to go on about it. I was gonna say you could keep going, man. Keep going. Or if you have more to talk about, by all means, sir. Um, well, I think the crafting stuff, the PvP side of things, are you know are, are some of the some of the big ones. Yeah. I think um, there've been a bunch of interesting uh, achievements I've I've done, like all the kind of um, you know Imperial Slayer and killing a Emperor, killing a Grand Overlord. I've done all those. Um, I got my achievement for doing a hundred million points of damage in PvP. Um, which was uh, pretty satisfying. Or oh, tremendous damage dealer, it's called. Hundred hundred million points of damage. Uh, I've unlocked about seventy five percent of the achievements in the Alliance War. Um, the only ones I haven't got are the ones where you're a level twenty above or something. So it's an extra twenty skill points, which again another very very good reason to do PvP because I've got a ton of extra skill points. Uh, and then the only other ones are the ones that people tend not to play as PvP, like Argonian Slayer. I've only apparently killed 15 Argonians, which <laughs> I find that baffling considering the amount of people I've killed. But um, no one plays Argonian in in this in PvP apparently. Um, I also haven't quite got Nord Slayer or Khajiit Slayer. So uh, yeah, it's been been pretty good. Maelstrom Arena finished that. Um, quite a quite a lot of stuff that's awesome yeah it's it's just been a really dedicated couple of months of doing a lot of stuff that i haven't done that's basically outside of pvp so pve which is like really nailing the crafting really nailing the builds and getting a build that's custom to my character getting potentially emperor in pvp um yeah, it's it's been it's been pretty good. Or if you're on the other side of the gaming fence, the most phenomenal waste of time. Um, but <laughs> I work a lot and always have, so I don't care. Right. It, it's 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 my balance. This month is my balance. It's December. It is. It is December. And I don't watch TV, and we never really watch any TV or movies, so that's just a, a natural sacrifice. Right. No, I, I I understand that. I I don't watch any TV. I have Netflix for when I'm like falling asleep and I want background noise. But my entertainment is gaming. So yeah, this same here. This is this yeah. is what I do. I feel lost when I've not got a game to play. I hate it when I'm between MMOs. Yeah, yeah. I feel uh, I have lots of free time all of a sudden. I'm like, oh my god, what do people do that don't game? <laughs> I know. It's like what. Do I... They go on walks or something like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I have no idea. The The guys at my work, it's kind of weird because I, I, I never understood this. Uh, for those who, who don't know, I'm a, I'm a system administrator at a at um, a financial institution. So I work on uh, in their IT. And when I was in school, uh, you know, going to college and whatnot for for computers, everybody – 
everybody was like an MMO gamer. Like they were just a gamer, like even the professors, like after test and stuff like that. I remember EverQuest was big at the time. People would like after finals, we'd all get together and, and you know, play these games. And I started working and nobody plays. I feel so out of place at my office because I'm sitting there and they're talking sports. I'm like, sports ball. Oh, that's boring. You should have seen the <laughs> dragon I killed last night. And they look at me funny. So it, that's how it goes. Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> I, have, I have absolutely zero interest in sport whatsoever. Um, and I think this is very comparable, particularly in, in the PvP side of things, because it's real people playing with real people. I'm on TeamSpeak and, you know, we're coordinating and we take it pretty seriously. And it's, you know... It, it, it takes a lot of planning and um, a lot of skill and skills, although, you know, asterisks here for uh, the exploitation and skill spamming that we've talked about. But right. by and large, you have to work with a bunch of people and, and you have to plan. And I, I do, I've led the, uh, you know, the occasional raid, which I never thought I'd ever be good enough at, uh, at PvP in order to lead a raid. But it's been re- reasonably successful. Um, and... Um, yeah. So shout out to my my guild as well, Elite in uh, Decimation Elite and PVP, because that's who I run with. Excellent. 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 Um, anything else for us, sir? Uh, probably, but that'll do for now. I'm kind of sick of my own voice. So God knows what everyone else is thinking. No, By no, no I'm fed up. You haven't been on it so long, so it's... You're English, you're fine, they love your voice. Yeah, Yeah, people love your voice on this show, man. (laughs) Uh, That's incredibly kind. No, I think that's probably the main thing. I mean, you know, other than that, it's just just having a lot of fun, really. It's just been, it's been, it's been, it's been good. I mean, I wish we were on the same server because I'd love to bring you into some PvP. Um, I can just sort of get you, get you up to speed because I, I think you'd, I think you'd really really like it but for me the 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 life in this game is preserved by always having something different to do so i've only ever really done pvp pve in the game because Mm -hmm. i really love you know the lore and the quests and you and i have talking a great length on and off the show about you know always reading all the dialogue and talking Mm -hmm. to all the npcs and reading books and you know it's it's exactly the same as me it's a complete obsession and i don't mind because it's my only complete obsession i don't have the same thing for books uh well not fiction books i read a lot of non-fiction um don't have it for tv and films it's it's just elder scrolls and and i'm also playing through oblivion a little bit um in the background too but but just getting away from the pve and just thinking well what are the things that i don't do really very much at all what am i not good at that that i could find you know real interest in the game and a lot of that's been crafting and you know and then making some money off of crafting in the store um and a lot of it well the majority of it has been um pvp and the and the and the you know the builds and and working on my build but um but it does mean that now when i do a bit of pve it actually feels weirdly weirdly fresh and it's it's a hard feeling to describe but when you are doing a dungeon and you're doing it on your own or just with a friend, it is so different to doing PvP that it feels like two completely separate games. So it's been a really nice way of sort of extending the game's life for me, I think, by not trying to do both simultaneously, but spending months doing only PvE and having now spent months doing PvP. Um, 
and it's it's good i'm looking my brother and i are going to do um because he he plays um we're going to do probably the main quests through rothgar over over christmas together and i'm looking forward to that it's uh, you know it's it's a little different and that's what i that's one of the things i love about the game and i know that people give it a lot of stick for not necessarily feeling that there's enough for everyone to do but for me at least and the things that i enjoy doing i'm finding the game as fun and, and fresh as i ever have that's definitely one of the nice things about MMOs is the fact that if you do something different, um, wow, um, oh, I just got to roll that back because I'm I'm watching the 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 one of the quests in Orsinium, and you you know how the game was they were going for a teen rating when the game came out and they said they were really going to start em- embracing the mature rating, mm. um. No spoilers, really, here, but, like, they really did, because the one orc comes up, like, you're watching an exchange between them. He's this big sword. He, uh, more or less, just walked up to a guy who was arguing with him and just shoved the sword through his gut and held him up in the air on top of the sword, and there's, like, blood pouring out. I'm like, oh. 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 <laughs> Welcome to Orsinium. I was like, wow. Like, is well, when they built the game originally, they built it for teens. So there wasn't a lot of blood. There was like gushing blood as he impales this guy on the sword and holds him up on the air. It's like, wow, okay, that was startling. That's a that's an awful way to die, isn't it? That is an awful way to die. <laughs> I <laughs> like yourself. it. No, no mum jokes with the orcs. No mum jokes with the orcs. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I, no, that was just that was awesome because it was like. You know, like most Elder Scrolls games are dark, but there was really no blood in this. This guy, he impaled him on the sword, and it wasn't just a normal animation like, oh, he fell over. Like, he literally lifted the body up off the ground while still impaled, and the guy's just, like, gushing out blood from his stomach. I'm just, that kind of floored me there for a second. You know, that's quite funny, actually, because I was thinking just the other day about how... um... The you know the kind of the VATS targeting system in Fallout, you get that oh, yeah. sort of really hyper gory replay like mm-hmm. um, view of, of your most recent kill. Well, I was thinking about a really interesting thing they could do to change to add to um, ESO is that kind of kill replay action type thing where you can you could replay your final kill in like from an alternative or more cinematic angle if you like. Because um, I think that'd be probably not in PvP because you wouldn't really have time, but in PvE, um, that could be a really interesting little new visual style that they could do with this mature rating now that they couldn't do before. It'd be neat, like like just to play off of that in dungeons and stuff. Like the final bosses, not even the final boss, but when you defeat a boss, whoever got the kill or whatever could, you know, you could everyone could get a cutscene of the guy jumping up and just like slicing a head off. That would be great. Yeah. And I mean, you're you're fighting a boss, so once the boss is dead, generally, you know that's the end of it. So, um. yeah, Dragon Age was great for those kind of um, like dragon slaying final kills. Right. It was a great one when you finished Dragon Age Two, actually, where you were fighting Thingy, um, the you know the final boss, and you you do the kill where you basically drive a sword through its head. It was uh, oh. wonderfully satisfying. definitely was that's awesome that's completely awesome oh and yeah i I guess yeah back to what i was saying mmos are great for that because they 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 are game like estelle and i know 
when we play these games, we play them for years at a time because they just have so much stuff to do. And it, it's nice to to play a game and have multiple things to do. Like you said, with the PvP, you've been PvEing for so long. Go, you know what? I'm going to do some PvP. And you've obviously liked enough to spend the last month doing it or longer. <laughs> so probably by this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's nice to see that kind of thing. So, yeah, I like it. All right, uh, let's go ahead and we'll move on to our final section, which we actually have our mailbag because we got a couple emails. Um, first email. Hi, guys. Love the show. Listen to it while I drive uh, all over the road. Wish it was daily. Oh, my. Uh, my question. How do you guys come up with your names? Thank you, James. Um, in game names. Okay. Uh, well, um, for me, I will start, I guess. Uh, Jealous has been a name that I've been using, oh my goodness, forever. Uh, I generally play Holy Warrior type characters. I just, I, those are the type of characters I like. Uh, my paladin brother of Arwen will tell you. It, it's just the type of characters we like. Most Holy Warriors, religious, whatever. Uh, so Agelos is a Greek name for messenger, which is loosely translated as angel, but it's actually just messenger. But I like the way it sounded, and I've been using it ever since, oh my goodness, probably 15 years ago or so. Uh, I think I first picked it up in Dark Age of Camelot, I think I is where I picked it up at near the end of my, my play there before I moved into uh, World of Warcraft. So, yeah, about 15 years or so I've been playing with this name, and it's been following me around ever since. Uh, so much so that I won't pick a server if I can't get my name. Yeah. Like, if I can't get my name, I will find another server. Uh, so if my name has been taken, like, I will up and find somewhere else, which was sort of one of the things I was always worried about um, with Tales was people and and this is our community is great but i've seen other people do this when i was uh uh getting ready to play guild wars 2 there was a podcast i was following very heavily and these guys were very popular and people actually signed into the game before they got in and took all the co-host names and then messaged them saying that they would sell them to them wow that was really crappy yeah, because, well, I mean, you had your name. You've been podcasting for a year. Like, these people have been possibly, like, almost two years before Guild Wars 2 came out. And that was their names. You know, they're all excited. And the people went on and took the names. And the the next episode, people were like, well, how was your first day? And it was kind of a bad day for people because, like, somebody logged in, made characters out of all the main hosts of the show, and then messaged them. The next week going, I have your name. I'll sell it to you for like 50 bucks. You can PayPal me. It's like, what? <laughs> you pay yeah, me, that, I'll that delete really, the character. Yeah. That really sucks. That's a really awful thing to do. Yeah. Those people need better things to do with their lives. Yeah. And that's coming from play some someone games. who spent like hundreds and hundreds of hours playing a single game. But still, that's bad even with that in mm-hmm. comparison. Yeah, and I mean, for people like like me, Agelos has been my name for 15 years. It's actually half my lifespan has been Agelos. It's 
it's a it's so much my name that if someone called me on the street, I'd answer to it. Like on day day to day, yeah. people have called me that, and I'm like, well, yeah, what's up? <laughs> you know, um, it, it's so much a part of my identity that, that to me, if someone had done that in the game, I was actually somewhat worried that that would happen uh, to us. Um, but thankfully, it did not. So, but this community has always been a little bit more mature than some of these other ones. Um, but you know, being the internet, I was scared that this was going to happen, but that's, that's the origin of, of my name. So, uh, anyone, anyone else want to oblige and, and, and give stories? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell mine. Uh, my name Avi started back with Counter-Strike actually, and it's kind of just an abbreviation of my last name, which I don't want to say, Oh yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so it's just an abbreviation. Then uh, Optimal pretty much just came from the name being hard to search, easy to be taken from me. Kind of like what you just said, you know, it's AVI, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> so it's very, it's very simple. So I got Optimal from an, an, old, uh, an old music group that I used to hang around with in my local city. And uh, kind of just took the Optimal from them and yeah, became Avi Optimal. I'm the exact same way as you. Most people that I know in my local city call me obvious. So I'm a, you know, if you call me my real name, I'll probably take longer to look at you than if you just called me obvious. So yeah. So yeah, it's stuck with me for a long time. I think, uh, I got the nickname eighth grade, eighth grade year, my eighth grade year playing counter-strike. Yeah. It's been a very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyone else? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I can. Australian yeah. uh, has pretty much been, well, from the day that I got involved in the online community, Australian has pretty much been the name. Even this EverQuest ones where it started, uh, it, was, it gets used to all forums I'm on. It's even the name I had back in the day when MySpace was a thing, if anyone remembers <laughs> that. So, yeah, it's been around for a long time. That was just the first. It was my High Elf Paladin in EverQuest 1. It did actually have a meaning. I think it was asked, and then the... Delian was two separate parts where I think it was some form of Elvish or something that someone done at the time and mm-hmm. it combined to make something but I for the life of me cannot remember what it meant but the surname was always Kaliskan which went with it and that meant loyal companion and of course as I always played a paladin type person it was the perfect fit to go with the, sur- with, with the first name so I've had that from EverQuest 1 Vanguard, DDO, you name it it's appeared in every single game right so um, but yes, there was actually there was actually elven meaning to it, so there was actually a translation for it. That's how I came about. Came in. De- depending on the game uh, and how much I liked the lore of the game, like I liked the jealous because it sounded enough in, in this game, at least for not so much a Nordic name, but an imperial name. Not our, you know, like most of the Nords in general. If you join the Imperial Legions, just like you know Talos, Tiber Septum. Um, would take an Imperial name, and I always role-played that my character, you know, w- fought for the Imperial Legion, so it kind of fit. Um, but when you when you talked about the Elvish name, um, Lotro, uh, I had a Sindarin name, uh, Iruin, which was my uh, real, uh, real name. Uh, Jonathan is my real name. It was translated as closely as possible um, into Sindarin from uh, Tolkien, Middle-earth. 
and that was my my elf's name in Lotro, and pretty much my elf's name in DOAC as well, because I, I love Lord of the Rings, and that's one of the things I stuck with. Um, I do tend to, like my alt characters, I tend to pick names, especially in ESO, that fit the culture. Um, and sometimes if I have a hard time, like I look up what the names are, try to find uh, the etymology of the name for characters. Like if I made a Breton, I would look for a French sounding name because that seems to be what they are uh, and, and go from there. Um, yeah, I actually do that too. Mostly with the last name only. Yeah. So like if I'm going to make a Breton character, I'll do like Avi and do something weird like Aviotes or like if I'm going to be a Northern, you know, sword swinger or something like that. Mm hmm can always switch it around if i'm gonna be a girl or something i usually go with like a family member's first name or somebody meaningful to me and then just throw like a a more lore friendly last name on them sure uh nate do you have any character names that that you've stuck with that you've that you've used well i mean miss misa is my is my main character in eso and is generally my main character name in in anything i tend to use misa as the family name so i do have other variants but it actually originates from um a manga series called death note i love that series yeah and there's a character in it called uh misa amani um who is she's sometimes called uh she sometimes calls herself misa misa and that's actually what my character was first called but um she's also called miss misa uh, what some people call her. So I actually changed her name to be Miss Misa rather than Misa Misa uh, a little while ago because it was a bit easier to read. The slight downside to that is that most people, particularly on TeamSpeak, don't call me Miss Misa because it sounds weird. <laughs> so they tend to just call me Misa or it just sort of evolved to be Nate, aka Misa, on some of the podcasts and things. But that's where it originates from and any variant is fine. Nice. But uh, that's where she came from. Yes, she doesn't I look anything like Miss Romani, actually. But uh, they they don't really have a good gothic look in this in this game, do they? No, not really. And I, I kind of like that um, that sort of not innocent goth look, but kind of like black clothing and kind of gothy look, but not actually a psycho. They're just like a nice person underneath it. Right. So um, there's not a, there's not a particularly good way to dress that uh, in here. Although I did buy that night, that ball gown dress from the ground store when it came out, because that's about as close as I've got her to look like I'd probably dress her if she was a real life doll, which would be weird. Well, whatever your hobby is, man, we're not, we're not here to judge, <laughs> here to judge. whatever works. I tell you something though, I've got um I've got a real life version of her that my that my girlfriend actually painted for me. Like oh. a wooden like a wooden um doll that she she actually she makes them and sells them for other people, but she made me one of Misa that's actually in front of me right now in uh, in one of her suits of armor. So that's um that's quite sweet. So I do have a real what at least one real life interpretation of her. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I know some people, when they're not used to MMOs or role-playing games, it, it's sometimes hard to come up with names uh, because you're like, I don't know, my name doesn't work. I'm so used to going by maybe a gamer tag or whatever, which just doesn't sound right when you're in one of these, at least not when you see other people. Um, 
and also in, in this game particularly because it does have such a heavy lore following such as from Nate and myself um, that yeah I would probably hunt you down if you had a, a weird name um, I do have an old an Argonian alt that I use for it's actually just kind of a bank mule but I was planning on using that Argonian as being a uh, something of a uh, PVE alt that's called Moist with Power. Moist with Power? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Nice. But so far, she's not really graduated any further than just being a bank for mats I don't use very often. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, last week, uh, I asked several people, you know, to send me their thoughts about our discussion about the Crown Store bites what what you, they thought about it and i got a, a nice i got a bunch of different messages on twitter and whatnot but uh i quickly lose them on twitter hence why i asked people to email if you want it read on the show because emails stay i follow so many people on twitter and i'm so active on twitter that i tend to lose all those conversations so for all the people who gave me your thoughts on twitter i appreciate it i really do um so thank you for those thoughts uh, just hard for me to get through them all. I tried searching, but I couldn't find any in, in that amount of time. So I got one email, and this is from Scary Drew from Do's and Tamriel. So thanks, buddy, for sending me a message. Um, he goes, don't really care about these, meaning the vampire werewolf bites. I said from the beginning that the buy-to-play introduction, uh, buy -play introduction that the description that Zoss of only cosmetic and convenience items in in quotes, meant that there can be any form of buy-to-win items in the crown store. When you break it down, if it's not cosmetic, no other item can be labeled convenience that's not also in some form buy-to-win. Um, as long as the closest they come to buy-to-win is a very small degree of mount upgrades and vamp werewolf bites, I'm fine with it. Uh, these are things that are easily done in-game. At this point, most players have max stats on their mounts, and Werewolf Vamp is not something you ha really have to work for. It's a decision you have to make, and then once you make the decision to become a Werewolf or Vamp, you just do it. It's not a grind or something you have to earn, similar with mounts. Uh, though, yes, the mounts take time and gold. It's a simple matter of talking to an NPC daily. I don't see Zoss offering gear in the Crown Store unless it uh, unless it is last season gear, which I think, uh, Stelden, you mentioned earlier, which I'm fine with because one yes, of the indeed. reasons I won't go back to World of Warcraft is because I would have to grind out uh, for many months to get up on par with the current tier of gear. Being able to buy the last season of gear and get right back uh, into current content would be acceptable to me. Those are my thoughts. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Uh, thank you uh, for sending me your thoughts. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Um, anyone else would like, would you guys like to comment on his email before I go into it? I basically agree with him entirely. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I think some of the, the stuff about the crown store is a little bit overblown, which, you know, I, I voice my sometimes contradictory views to your own ag before now on oh, yeah. the significance of the crown store thing. Like I think, you know, if your big thing is is crafting and that's the big thing you do and they start putting crafting stuff in the store, I can totally see that it has more of an impact on that sort of a player. But so far, nothing they've done or have said they're planning on doing has impacted the, the way I play the game at all or the way that anyone I know plays the game, mm -hmm. um, at least locally. 
Um, so I think it's all right, but I agree. I'm, I'm always nervous about it. It's always, it's just, everything is just a little bit too close to happening. Mm -hmm. But so far, so far it hasn't affected my enjoyment of the game. And I, I would agree with what Du said. Yeah. It, yeah for, well, for me, it's mostly just uh, like kind of like what I said last time is I just worry about what they're going to put in next. You know, they mm -hmm. put in something with a they put in something with a character God, I'm blinking out abilities and all that stuff. And you are buying a power increase. You are. Yeah, exactly. It's something that can make your character better or worse, depending on how if you know how to use it. Yeah. And <laughs> so. So, you know, that, that's my main problem with it. I don't really have a problem that it's in there. It just worries me of, okay, if this is okay, then what's their idea of this is also okay? Yeah. I think, I think you know, the only thing that are probably universally game-breaking to everyone would be things as significant as buying your way up the veteran ranks or champion point ranks in the way you can with the horse um or buying um you know weapons that are more powerful than what you can craft yourself you know that kind of stuff but at the end of the day there's a most of the things that you can buy at this point they kind of are kind of convenience items i think that the, the ones that are really frustrating are ones where it's like the glass star motif kind of bugged me like if you really want them you are basically better off paying for them. Like they are better value. If you equate how much time it takes to get those items, you are better off just putting down the money and, and paying for them. But the thing that I sort of always keep in the back of my mind about, about the crown store in general, and, and you really do have to kind of, you know, turn off your console, get out of the house, look at the gaming industry in a whole of which Zoss is just one part of mm -hmm. and think, at the end of the day, companies make decisions to keep their product uh, in business and keep it available. And if they get rid of something like a subscription and put in a store, it's probably because they feel they have to. Yeah. Um, as long as they don't deliberately make the game worse unless you pay, and I know that's slightly subjective, but as long as they don't do something like you can only get up to level, you know, you can only get to vet 16 if you pay, otherwise it's capped at vet 10, you know, just something like that. Then everything's being done in order to keep the game in business because the wider gaming industry is going through something of an odd transition outside of single purchase games, which is people expect them to be more accessible and free to begin with and in-app payments and stuff. And there has to be a balance struck somewhere and they have to make enough money to keep a ton of people in business and keep a game running for a decade. So I, I, I suppose I have a more liberal view of the Crown Store in that I want, I want it to stay in business. And, you know, like we've all probably agreed upon in the past, if people want to go and spend £10,000 or dollars on a bunch of dresses and, you know, cosmetic upgrades and that keeps the game going, then who cares? That's great. Right. And I think that even werewolf bites, given, as you said, I think last week or on Off the Record, Ag, you said, you know, people pay gold in game for those anyway. Like people don't, yeah. like I've, I've not done that quest to get a bite myself. I just paid a few gold or it might be someone in my guild that just gave me the bite. It's like, who cares? It's fine. But um, yeah, uh, it, it wasn't so much even with me, the argument of, like you said, the werewolf, I wasn't arguing with that. They were added. Like Avi was saying, it's what next will be okay to add. And by definition, a lot of games that are marked as pay to win 
uh, a lot of the Asian MMOs, people are like, oh, pay to win is when you have to get something more powerful. Or, no, it, it's not. That's not the definition of pay to win. It's not. It's when it becomes more convenient um, to pay with money because it's uh, just insane to do it in game. That's how a lot of the uh, Asian and Korean free to play MMOs are considered pay to win. Um, because it's not that you can't get the items in game, but they make the grind or the things you have to do so insane, which, uh, talking about the, the, uh, the glass motif, that's cosmetic, but the, the premise was there. Okay. Like they made the, what you had to do to get it so insane that it's like, you just said you should just spend the money. Right. And and that's and that's kind of the shady tactic that a lot of these Korean free to plays go, and that's and they get the title of pay to win because people who have a larger bankroll can get it faster, can you know just do these things faster because it's more convenient to pay money than it is to do anything in game. Right now with the the vamp and, and werewolf. If you're paying money, it's actually more convenient to do it in game because right now they're going for what five thousand gold, which takes you all of twenty minutes to earn. If you're if you're willing to spend that much money on it, then by all means, you know you're you're ha- you're just having a hard time. It is not more convenient to buy it with with uh, real money. But the second that they look at something and go, um, something that I would consider pay to win is monster helms in the in the store. Um, because if it has the perfect trait on it, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's still available in game, but they make it so RNG to get it that I would consider that pay to win if they offered, oh, you can buy a divine's helm or an infused helm, whatever trait you want for 2000 crowns. Here you go. Or you could just run the dungeons. Well, there's no guarantee that I will get the right one. The grind could be very, very long. Or you can yeah. get lucky. That that's still by definition pay to win. It doesn't have to be agree. more powerful. It just they have to make it so inconvenient for you that it's it's just more convenient to spend money. Once they do that, they do cross into the pay to win, especially when it's something that's power. Um, which I think that's why it's I think that's why it's good, as you say. If it's about seasons, and if it's a way to say, well, you know what, I'm not in a rush. Like if you want, if you're that person who really wants to get it then you've got three months or however long it is to, to get it. And then maybe some of them go on the crown store, then fair enough. But they've they've generally been pretty good about saying that anything you craft will always be better than anything that's in the crown store. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as long as that stays true, then that's that's fair enough because that keeps the, the grinders happy. It keeps the crafters happy. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still on the fence about how I'd feel for raw materials to be crafted to be bought in crowns and that i mean specifically raw materials not materials because raw materials you still have to refine them yourself and you get bonuses like you know the drug wax and uh all that kind of stuff by refining them and that's still based on chance not cost right but i but again that that is a total grind to go out and, and do all that and there's a technically unlimited amount of it in the game so you can just go around constantly farming it um, or maybe buy a pack of the raw materials and refine it, and the chance to get one of the bonuses out of it is still there. Um, but it has to be that you can craft something better than you can pay for, I think. Right. Fair. 
Because I don't think any game nowadays makes something so powerful in the store that it's just better. They just make it so inconvenient that you would be stupid not to pay. Yeah, in, and we in, saw that with the glass style. Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. they 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 know that that was a bad way of doing it. Yeah, like having to having to get however many pages it was 10 fragments get, yeah yeah 10 fragments just to get one page and that page might be one you've already got yep. like you could go months yeah, months and months to to get that page and it's only five thousand crowns like that's definitely it feels more to me like that was an experiment to see how far people would go mm-hmm. and i think that that's fair enough to do it once but the fact that they've not done it like that since is a bit of a suggestion that it probably wasn't a great way of doing things. Yeah, no, it 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 definitely was not mm. was not uh, received well in a lot of cases by anybody because of of what they had what they had done. So, yeah. do you know what I'd like to see an mm. in-game lottery? In-game where, lottery? Yeah, like do something where every day you know you enter somehow either in AP or gold or some other currency telvar stones or something where you know you go in and kind of like with the horse it's it's a set amount every day and you can go in and every day you have a a chance of winning either a you know an item that is of equivalent value or you have a chance of winning like a great helm or a really great crafting uh, motif or you know something like that where there's you know it's another daily sort of thing that you you get from someone like you could easily see the law it's just some rich kind of ex the high elf uh collector of collectibles or whatever who just wants to gamble stuff away and it'd be a really interesting way of gaining you know rare gear rather than just writs or or something else it give you something else basically i'm sitting on millions of ap with nothing to do with it until they release whatever it is they're going to release there's and motifs yeah, well, yes. and, ah, and that's something else. I knew there was something else I was going to mention. A really good use for AP right now, if, like me, you are sitting on millions of them and would rather have the gold. Buy the motifs, put them in the store on a guild store for sale. You can do it. They're not bound to your character. And I sold one for thousands just as an experiment, many thousands, tens of thousands, in fact, in gold. So there's a little pro tip. It may be an old tip, but I've just discovered it. Well, no, I. It's easier for me to earn money in game than it is for me to PvP. Like yeah. I can earn the money faster by doing my PVE than it would take me to do PvP. So yes, I would gladly buy, yeah. spend the money and buy it from a PvP or who that's what they do because the amount of time it would take me to earn that much AP, I could just farm the gold and do it three times as fast and buy three pages. So. Yeah. So that's a thing to bear in mind if you're sitting on a lot of AP. Um, there's obviously a demand. It's sold within minutes, I, I remember, when I put it in one of the guild stores that had a, a guild trader. So it's uh, yeah, something, to, something to do with that AP if you don't want to wait and see what they do next. All right, guys. Well, this is kind of the end of our show. So let's go ahead and give our final thoughts and um, tell everyone where we can find us. Let's start with our special guest, Nate. Uh, well, you can find me on the EU server. I'm in Evan Hart Pact, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if you want to get involved in some PvP uh, with me or with uh, Decimation Elite, my PvP guild, then drop me a message in game. I'm at Langson101, that's L A N X O N 101, or find Miss Misa 
uh, again in game that's that's fine drop me a, uh, a message and on twitter i've forgotten what's my twitter nate my esl twitter's... nate at N- nate eso thank yep. you um it's a relatively new one that i set up for just following and talking to people for elder scrolls stuff so you can follow me or message me on there and if you want some of those ap based motif things then i'm happy to buy and sell those to you too excellent all right uh avi yeah it was a a really good episode uh lots of fun talking this is going to be our last time being on for a few weeks so that's uh i'm so sad it's kind of sad yeah it's it's kind of sad so uh, be sure to stay active with us on twitter you know we'll still be active uh you can find me in game everywhere at avi optimal i'm playing a bunch of games right now so if you want to play with me hey just let me know you know i'm I'm open to it. So, and you spell that A V I O P T I M A L. Nice. And uh, Esteldian. Uh, yeah, it was nice being uh, back on the show after my break last week. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to uh, Nate tell us about the crazy things he's been getting up to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do, uh, I do understand his love for the PvP. Um, obviously, I never got myself in the top ten, but was about half a year ago I, was, I spent a good few months pretty much exclusively running around in the pvp zone because it is quite addictive once you start yeah it's very addictive and then just as an update i'm now rank eight not sure if i was rank eight before nice but i am now rank eight in line for emperor very nice nice thank you all right uh anywhere else um I know other games you're playing uh, still the uh, Project 99, right? Uh, yeah, I'm playing the Project 99. That's um, EverQuest 1, so it's, what, 16 years old now? But as a server, it's free to play. And I've just been loving it. I was afraid that maybe my memories of EQ1 would bias, and I, I was just living through nostalgia. But getting back on, I thought, yeah, this game's every bit as good as I thought it was back in the day. I'm actually trying to download it myself, so that way I can experience some of it because I know a lot of the indie MMOs that we follow and we follow here on Dungeon Crawler uh, actually all actively play that. Uh, I know the the Pantheon guys from Visionary Realms and the Saga of Lysimia guys, they all play on Project 99, (laughs) so it's nice to get a chance to chat with those guys. So I'm going to be hanging out there for a little bit too going forward. Um, mixing my time in between. Uh, all right. Uh, as for myself, uh, you can find me in game on uh, US Mega Server at Agelos, A G G E L O S. You can find me on Twitter at Agelos, A G G E L O S underscore W O F. Um, of course, follow the show at Tales of Tamriel and the network itself uh, at Dungeon Crawl Net. Um, Follow us wherever podcasts are found. Stitcher Radio, iTunes, uh, any other RSS reader, really. Um, YouTube, subscribe, like our videos, help us out there. That would be great. And, of course, all the stuff we do over at uh, DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. And uh, we look very, very much look forward very much to getting back into the game and back to podcasting after uh, the short hiatus that will be going on uh, while I move. And um, for those who are interested, when I do come back, our shows will be going live again. So keep that in mind. Once I'm on better internet, we will be streaming all of our shows live. So chat room will be back and that will be exciting. 
Um, have a good night, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Good night. Stay moist, everybody. The serpent lights the ancient sky and red of tainted stars. Evil stirs and in its wake the souls of mortals sway. Oh,